0: Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. Well, Grace Point, it is great to be back with you. I've been gone a couple of weeks and I am so glad to be home and here with you today. And Part of the reason that I am so excited about being with you today is that the last few weeks have been uh, really just uh, an amazing opportunity for me to have been able to step aside and step back um, from the weekly, uh, from the weekly, um, man, I don't even know how to say this. Sometimes it gets to be a grind. The weekly grind of, of everything that you have to do every week. And I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about just the things that we do that occupy us. That that it Doesn't it seem like that the summer just started? Or that it was just Christmas like a few weeks ago, and now we're bumping up on another holiday season again? And so, you know, I really feel like God really blessed me in giving me this opportunity to step back a little bit and to look... At not only what was going on in my life, but what was going on with us as a church and where we are and where we've been and all the things that we have gone through. And one of the things that I've noticed, and you may have noticed this too, is that the community that we are in is changing. I mean, it's changing a lot. I remember when we first moved back here um, into the Bay Area from, from living in Florida for 15 years, and I thought to myself, wow, everything here is so different. So much had changed. But when I think back to when Grace Point Church started and the the group of people that came together and said, you know, we want to try to do something a little bit different. When I think about the the condition of the, the area that we were in then, and then now, you know, six years later, and I look around at the community that we are in now, and I think to myself, wow, so much has changed. So much is different than it used to be. But in that difference, the amazing thing is this, and this is the thing that I hope that we don't lose sight of, is that with all of those changes come an incredible opportunity for us as a church, uh, an opportunity that we've never, ever had before. Because in these last few years, one of the things that we have seen is that we no longer have to go out into the world. The world is coming to us. If you live in this city, if you live in South City, or if you live anywhere in the area, one of the things that you know is that they are building uh, apartments and condominiums around here like crazy. Here in South City, they are, there are so many citizens groups that are up in arms and they are complaining because there's eight-story buildings going up here, there's a five-story building going up here, the roads aren't getting any bigger, the stores aren't getting any bigger, but there's more and more people coming in. And while we look at that, and, and if you live here, it's easy to say, man, I, I wish that it could be different, but as a church, we have to recognize that we have an opportunity that we haven't had in a long, long time, and that is that people are coming here. People are coming here, and we as a church have the potential to reach new adults, to reach new citizens, to uh, students, to reach new families, to, to reach a group of people that we hadn't had an opportunity to reach before. And so as a church, we have to look at this opportunity and we have to say to ourselves, how can we be good stewards of this opportunity that God has set out in front of us? So for the next three weeks, and you know, for those of you who know, I, I, um, I was in uh, uh, Nashville about a month ago. I took a week, uh, a little bit of a break, and, and I had gone through and... and pretty much mapped out all of the messages all the way to the end of the year. And after this last two weeks, I completely changed all of it again. So this is all brand new stuff. So if it sounds weird, it's because I just thought of it this morning. All right, not this morning. But... um, Over these next three weeks, what I want to do is this, is I want to kind of build us towards something, build us towards this brand new thing, this one thing that I want us to do as a church that I think not only has the potential to make a difference in the lives of the city and the communities that we live in, but has a potential to make a difference in the lives of your family, of your friends, of the people that you love. I remember when we started, one of the first things that we did was we got a group of people together, and we said, okay, you know what, We have to. if we're going to start a church, we're going to have to have uh, a mission statement, right? We have to have a purpose, the reason that we're here, and, and, uh, and this is not anything new. Any organization has a mission statement, but what we didn't want was we didn't want a mission statement that was just this bland, uh, I don't know what's going on, but it sounds fancy and nice and... Uh, it had nothing really to do with what we were doing. So I was looking around at mission statements and, and, and I want to show you a couple and see if you can figure out who they are. So here's this first one and it says to provide authentic hospitality by making a difference in the lives of the people we touch every day. These are all major national companies. So can you think of who that mission statement is for? Marriott. What was that? Marriott. No. Close. It has to do with travel. That's the mission statement of Southwest Airlines. Now, I I read that and it sounded really, really great, but it didn't do anything to connect me with an airline. How about this one? We save people money so they can live better. Walmart. Walmart. That's right. Save money, live better. Walmart. Okay, how about this? to refresh the world, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, to create value and make a difference. All really, really great things. Anyone have a guess? It has, for me, nothing to do with Coca-Cola. This is one of my favorites, spread ideas. CNN CNN is a good... It's also three letters... This occupies way too much of my free time, but this is for TED Talks. Spread ideas. Now, this is the one that I dread the most. It's because I don't like going to this place. But here is their here is their, uh, mission statement: to create a better everyday life for the many people. Costco. Cost- yeah. hmm. No, it's not Costco. And the, the, that's not a, a, a grammatical error. That's a direct translation from the language that it was originally written in. That is Ikea. Ikea. So as a church, we wanted to have a mission statement too. And we were trying to think of, of what would be the purpose, the thing that God is really calling us to. And so if you have been here for any amount of time, one of the things that you may have recognized is that the person who comes up here, today was Jeff, that the person who comes up here and welcomes you every single week tells you exactly what our mission statement is. And they will say that we, and, and they will say or he will say or I have said that we are here because we have a deep commitment to our mission and that is to meet people where they are and lead them to where God wants them to be. That from the very beginning, that was our purpose, that we wanted to go out and meet people where they were, and we put it in front of everybody because we wanted everyone to know the reason that we're here, the reason that we go through this every week, the reason that we do everything that we do, is because we wanted to meet people where they are and to lead them to where God wanted them to be. And so for a minute today, I just want to kind of go into that and and give you some background into why this was such an important thing for us. So our mission statement has two parts. The first part is this, says our mission is to meet people where they are. And it comes from this part of Scripture that if you grew up in the church, you have heard this before. It's not an unfamiliar Scripture. Um, in fact, the, this sentiment is found in all four of the Gospels. But we're going to look at what um, Matthew wrote about it. Uh, in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Uh, Jesus had just been resurrected. He had just been risen from the dead and he was out of the tomb and he met with his disciples and he was telling them, listen, I am about to leave now. He's letting them know that he's about to be gone. And so, and he says, now listen, all of the power and the authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he says, therefore, therefore is because, because of that, because I have all of the authority now. He says, therefore, go. In other words, don't stay here and wait. Go and make disciples. And that word disciples really just means followers. It means students. It means people who follow the teacher. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, all people. In other words, go into all of the world. Go into all of the world. Make disciples disciples of all nations. And then he says, when you get there and you do that, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I have spent three years with you. I have shown you this new way of life that I came here to introduce. And now I want you to go out and tell as many people as you can about it. Go to wherever they are. He was saying, meet them where they are. Wherever they are. Meet them there. And then teach them... Listen to what he says next. He says, teach these new disciples, these new followers, to obey all the commands that I have given you. In other words, I have told you this new way of living, this new way of understanding who God is, this new way of believing. Now go out and tell people about it. And he wraps it up by saying this. He says, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age even to the end of the age. He's saying, meet people where they are. And for us, that was a very, very important value from the beginning. That we weren't going to just stay where we were and hope that people would come, but that we would go out and meet people where they are, where they are. Not where I am, where they are. So, where is it that we meet people? So, I want to talk a little bit about three different ways or three different places where we meet people. First of all is we meet people culturally. From the very beginning, we said that we wanted to create a church that people who don't like church want to belong to. And if we were going to create a church, what we didn't want to do was to create a church for Christians. Now, listen to me. The reason is is that there are a lot of churches already out there, good churches, that are doing a wonderful job taking care of Christians. We wanted to be a church that was going to go out and find people who weren't, that could step into the culture that we live in today and try to reach them. And in order to reach them, you have to recognize who they are. And we are increasingly in a culture that is non-Christian. In fact, when many of you, if you grew up in, in in the United States, one of the things that you may have seen is that we went from a culture that was predominantly Christian, where you could assume that most people went to church, to a culture that was predominantly indifferent. They had heard of church. They might have even gone when they were younger, but now they don't go at all. To a culture that was hostile to church. Today, we live in a culture that is hostile to church. So, how can we reach into that culture? How can we reach into that group of people? And so, from the beginning, we said that that has to be one of our driving forces. That if we're going to meet people where they are, we can't just meet them and tell them exactly and, and expect them to like what it is that we have. That we have to go and meet them in exactly the cultural place that, that we're at. So, one of the things that we decided from the very beginning is that we were going to meet on Saturday afternoons. And now, for church people, this is a tough one. Because if you want church people to go to church, the day and time that they go to church is on Sunday mornings. But we said to ourselves, wait a second. The church people are all going to church on Sunday mornings. How about the people who don't go to church? What are they doing? And so we researched it, and then what we found out was that was the hour of the weekend that most people have nothing scheduled is between 5 and 6 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. And so we said, listen, if we are going to reach people who are, who are right now busy on the weekends, because they are, they're already doing something on the weekends, we got to find that time slot where they don't have anything scheduled. And so for us, we decided that we were going to meet on Saturday afternoon, and for two reasons. We had a missional reason and a cultural, and a pastoral reason. Our missional reason was that, was simply that we wanted to find the time where people weren't going and doing anything and say, hey, listen, since you don't have anything to do anyway, why don't you give church a try? But the second reason was pastoral. And when I say pastoral, I mean in the sense of shepherding and taking care of people. Because in the culture that you and I live in today, Saturday mornings is full of ballet and swimming and soccer and baseball. You're doing all of these things. You're taking your kids all of these different places. All of the marathons are run on Saturday morning. All of the big events are all done on Saturday morning. Sunday, if you had church on, on, a, on a Sunday afternoon, one of the problems with having a church, having church on Sundays, like at 11 o'clock, which a lot of places do, and, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but if you have church on, Saturday, on Sunday after, uh, in the middle of the day, that's your whole day. And in the culture that you and I live in, Sundays are the day that people prepare for the week ahead. Sundays is the day that you do your laundry. It's the day you do your meal prepping. It's the day you go to the grocery store, that you wash your car. Sunday is the day where you get ready for that week that's coming. So by, moving, by putting our, our weekend experience on Saturday afternoons, we've given you back your Sundays for you to do what you want with it. So we have to meet people culturally, but we also need to meet people physically. And we said from the very beginning that our focus was going to be the city of South San Francisco. But our realization came to this, is that here we are, this is the section of the Bay Area, of the peninsula, and there we are. And we said, well, we're in South San Francisco, so who we want to reach is South San Francisco. But what we came to recognize is that we are not a parish church. And a parish church is simply a church that's in a neighborhood that is dedicated to ministering to the people in that neighborhood, and that's just not who we are. And the reason that I know that that's not who we are is because when we plot out, um, let's go to the to the next one. When we plot out where everybody is, this is the group. These are the areas where the people who call Grace Point Church their home are at. I know some of you are from a little bit farther out, but we're just going to stay in this circle for a second. You see, we're not a parish church, we're a commuter church. Most of you have driven here for about, I think the maximum, except for some of you diehards, the maximum is probably around 15 minutes, right, to get to church today. The maximum that you drove. This is the area. And so what we're realizing now is, is that as much as we love South City, And we love it so much that from the very beginning, we use the hashtag for South City to say that we want to be known for what we're for and not what we're against. And if you go online and you you research that hashtag, you're going to see a lot of Grace Point stuff on there. But we recognize that it's not really that this city alone is not where we are or who we are. And so we need to expand into the gateway cities. And when I talk about the gateway cities, I'm talking about the cities that are the gateway from San Francisco into the peninsula, the cities that are the gateway from the peninsula into San Francisco, and primarily it's these four cities, South San Francisco, Daly City, Pacifica, and San Bruno. Now, am I saying that this is only the place that we're going to focus on? Absolutely not. But this is the place that God has called us to. And so we're going to expand our reach past just South City, But we're going to expand it into those other places. So we meet people where they are culturally. We meet people where they are uh, physically. The other thing is is that we meet people where they are spiritually. Wherever they are in their walk. We meet them where they are. And we started this from the very beginning. In that we changed, um, from the beginning we changed the language that we use. The way that we talk from up front is different. We changed it specifically because we wanted to reach people no matter where they were spiritually. That you could be somebody who has never heard of the Bible before. Or you could be somebody who has been a Christian your entire lives. And that you would find a place that was comfortable. And that you were blessed by here at Grace Point. That we had to find wherever people were spiritually that we would be that place. And so from the language that we use when we talk up front to the music that we choose, you'll notice that when the the countdown timer comes on, if you're not tapping your feet or doing a little dance, then we're not choosing the right music because that was the intention of it. It was that we were going to reach into our culture today and do something to be able to reach them. People had different walks and different paths We're living in different places. And so from the beginning, we said that there were three groups of people that we wanted to try to, to make sure that we were speaking to every single time. We wanted to speak to the seekers. We wanted to speak to the people who, who wanted to explore their faith but didn't know how. People who may, maybe had walked away from church uh, years ago and were trying to figure out how can I get back into to this experience and to this relationship with God. And we, but we also wanted to, to make sure that we talked to the sojourners a sojourner is simply somebody who knows that they're a traveler and they're not in their land. And if you've been a Christian, if you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for, for any period of time, one of the things that you know that, that we believe in is that this, isn't the temp, this is not the permanent place where we're supposed to be. The world isn't supposed to be like this. That this is a temporary thing. But that we're walking along together. But even more than that, we wanted to be a place where the skeptics would say, listen, I, I'm not sure I believe what you guys say. But I really like it here and I want to be a part of this. We wanted to be able to make sure that we talked to all three of those people. And so when we looked at this and we when we tried to figure out, okay, how how can we create that place? How can we be that church? One of the things that we saw in the culture and in the church culture that was around us, and maybe it was in the church culture that you grew up in, is that churches were pastored well, but they weren't led well. They were pastored well, but they weren't led well. And see, the the, the thing is, is that pastors are like librarians. You know where to find them. They're at the library. And you can go into the library and you can enjoy your experience completely. But whenever you need the pastor, you just go up to the counter and the librarian is right there. And it's kind of the same thing with pastors. That you can always find where they are. They're always there. And see, one of the things that I recognized early on is that I am not wired to be a pastor. Some of you know this. If you've ever seen me do a hospital visit, you know how awkward that is. I know some of you are like shaking your heads like, what is this guy saying? I I, I get that. And fortunately, we are blessed here that there are people here who are much better at that than I am. But it's not the way that I'm wired. And listen, over the last 12, 15 years, I've gotten better at it. But it's not where um, my sweet spot is. See, I came out, out of the marketplace and I thought to myself, how can we make a church that's not dependent on a pastor but, but and not pastored well, but led well? Because one of the things that I know is this, is that leaders, they don't sit down and wait for things to happen. Leaders go out and say, look at what needs to be done and then they go out and figure out a way to get it done. They look at what needs to be accomplished and they go out and figure out how it needs to be accomplished. They look at the world and they say, what needs to be changed and they try to find a way to change it. And God was really great that he set in front of us when the very beginning a group of people who that was what they were all skewed to. They all wanted to lead. They all wanted to look at what the problems were, the the things around us that we needed to address and say, how can we do that? And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to change the paradigm of people to start thinking about what we think the church is supposed to be And start thinking about what we believe the church could possibly be. What could it possibly be? And it's not easy to do. Especially when you've been doing church for generation after generation after generation. And so from the beginning we said we wanted to create a church that people who don't like church want to be a part of. A church where people could bring their questions and and bring their needs and bring their bad church experiences. and, And they may not believe what we believe, but they like who we are. They may not buy into what it is that we talk about, but they wanted to be around us. And what I have seen, and listen, I get to see it from up here. I get to see all of this from up here. And I can tell you from up here, God has done an amazing thing through you. Through all of you. He's done an amazing thing and we give credit to God for that. Because all of you helped to create and shape who Grace Point Church, what Grace Point Church is today. And so, through the beginning, from the very start, we kept trying different things. We tried different times, we tried different service orders, we tried different food. I mean, if you were here a couple of years ago, we had cronuts in the back. Everybody was getting huge. (laughs) It was just coffee and donuts every week. I mean, it was just a nightmare. But we tried everything and we shifted our language from using the word to believe to using the word follow. And so you may have heard that we've talked about this before, that you can belong before you believe. You can be a part of us without having to believe everything that we believe, right? We said you're invited to follow before you decide to believe. And we contrasted this from the very beginning with how a lot of other people's church experience was that what they are told and what many people who have no church experience at all believe is that the process is this, is first you are required to obey. Here are the rules, obey them. And if you obey, then we expect you to believe what we believe. And then finally, once you get there, to follow. And yet, as we look at Scripture, as we look at how Jesus interacted with people, we saw that His first invitation to everybody was to follow first. To follow. To follow. You don't have to accept everything, just stick around. Because he believed and he saw, and what you and I know is is that the more you follow, the more you get to believe the people and the person that you're following. And once you trust, and once you believe, and once you've seen the life change, that you can make the decision to obey. Because one of the things that we know and one of the things that we talk about is this, is that following Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. And that's why we talk about Jesus all the time, because Jesus makes you better at life. Following Jesus makes me a better husband. Following Jesus makes me a better father. It makes me a better friend. It makes me better in everything that I do. And it does the same for everybody who's made that decision to follow Jesus. And so, as we're looking at this... As, as I'm thinking about how is it that we, if our mission is to meet people where they are and lead them to where God wanted them to be, then, then how is it that we can align the language of our mission in order to better identify the culture that we are trying to reach, the culture today that we're trying to reach, and how we can align our language with who we are today. So, imagine for a moment. Imagine for a moment that we're at the end of all this. It's the final days of Grace Point. And everybody's going somewhere else. But it's the final days. What is it that we would want the community and the cities around us to thank us for? Now, I know that seems kind of arrogant, like, you know, who do you guys think you are that the community would thank you for? But, but it's one of those things that even individually, you, you kind of want to take time to t- ask yourself, right? At the very end, what is it that we want people to say about us? So as a church, what is it that we want people to be thankful for? What do we want them to say? Man, I I know that they're gone now, but I'm really grateful that they were here because. So what I want to suggest to you is that there are three things that we want our cities and our communities to be thankful for because we are here today. The first one is this. I think that we would want them to be thankful for a world where the church is considered an essential part of every community. That people would say, you know, I don't go to one, but I'm sure glad that there's a church in our community. Because this is about the reputation of the church. Not the reputation of one church, but the reputation of all our churches. And who we are, who we are as a church and everything that we do affects all the other churches. Because listen, everybody who has a bad church experience somewhere and goes to a different church, they, that other church is the reason that they had a bad church experience. And I am sure that there are people who have left here and have had a bad church experience too. I mean, we don't get it right every single time. But we want to try to make it better. That we want to try to be, to be a part of the group of churches where people in our community would say, I'm not a part of one, I would not step foot in that place, but I am sure glad that they are here in our city. The second thing that I think that we would want them to be thankful for is this, is that we would be thankful for a world where people, skeptical of what we believe, are envious of how well we treat each other and amazed at how well we treat them. You know, they're kind of weird but listen, you could leave your wallet in the parking lot and somebody would pick it up and hunt you down and find it and give it to you. That the community would look at us and they would say, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I would ever, ever want to be a part of what they're doing. But those people are the most honest people. They, they are the hardest working people. They are so trustworthy that I am so glad that they're here. In scripture, Jesus says that this is how people will know that you are my follower. He says, they will know that you are my follower by how you love each other. And from the very beginning in the early church, the reason that people came and wanted to be a part of the church was because they looked inside the church and saw how well that we treated each other. That they said, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. And so the early non-Christians looked at the Christian church in the very beginning and because of how well they treated each other, they joined in because they wanted to be a part of that. They were drew to that. And the third thing is this. A world where people want the story of Jesus to be true before they believe it's true. That when we can present the message of Jesus when it's uncluttered by everything else, when it's uncluttered by politics and it's uncluttered by tradition and it's uncluttered by anything, that when we present it to them, that people, even if they don't believe it, that they would want it to be true. I mean, who wouldn't want it to be true? Who wouldn't want to think, man, I wish that there was justice in the world if only there could be. Who wouldn't want to believe and to know that there is a God who knows my name, who knows everything about me and still loves me exactly exactly As I am. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to believe that there is a life beyond the life that we are living right now? Luke records this uh, statement that Jesus makes. and, And I think it goes to the heart of who we are trying to be. He says this in Luke 16, 16. It says, Until John the Baptist... The law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. So what he's saying is, is that until John the Baptist came, John the Baptist, who was Jesus's cousin, who who was preaching and telling people that Jesus was on the way. He says, until then, before then, what you had was the rule book. You had the rules, do this, do that. Until John the Baptist. But then it says this, but now. Now, so now there's something different. In the past, it was about following the rules, but it says, but now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. I see, people kind of didn't understand this because what they understood of kingdoms was like the kingdom of Israel. They, they understood kingdoms as nation states. And, God, and Jesus was unrolling this new concept, this new idea that this kingdom of God, this way of life, is here. It's here right now. And that when people really understand what that means, to live in God's kingdom, that everyone is eager to get in. In the, in the King James translation, it says that the violent people take it by force. That they want to be a part of it so bad that they, they will go in there forcefully to be a part of God's kingdom. And so as I think about what he's saying here then and as I think about who it is that we are and this entire idea of prioritizing and making the invitation to people to follow that from today what we're going to do is we're going to change we're going to make a slight change in our mission statement it's not going to it doesn't mean that we're doing anything different but it's to align our language and how, we, how our mission is stated to coincide with the culture that we are in. And so our mission is to meet people where they are and to invite them and, and where they are and inspire them to follow Jesus. That's how new it is. I still mess it up. Our mission is to meet people where they are and inspire them to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Mark um, writes this. It says later on after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. And this is what Jesus said. He said that the time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And here's the challenge in this. Is that I think a lot of times when we read that the kingdom of God is near, is that we interpret that to mean the kingdom of God is is near and it's coming, like when my daughter says, "Hey, uh, pick me up at the BART station," and when I tell her, she says, "Well, where are you?" and I say, "I'm near." The, the inference there is that I'm on my way, but I'm not there yet. I'm near. This is not what Jesus is saying. When Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, what he means is it's close to you. It's right there. You can reach out and touch it. It's available to you right now. The kingdom of God is all around you. It's so close. It's so near. And then he says, repent of your sins. In other words, stop thinking about sin the way that you used to think about it. Because that's what that word repent means. It means change the way you're thinking. Stop thinking that the things that you do are going to actually make you as happy as you think you're going to be. Change the way you think about it and believe in this good news. The kingdom of God is near. So when we think about our mission, our mission to meet people where they are and inspire them to follow Jesus, that's the what, the why is this. It's because Jesus brought the kingdom of God to earth and everyone is invited to participate in it. He brought the kingdom of God to earth and everyone is invited to participate in it. All of you, all of us, and so from the beginning we said, you know what, even when we came up with our with our hashtag, because you know social media was just taking off, when we came up with our website address, one of the things that we, we started was was that we were going to be we are grace Point. We are grace point. That was it. Website address is wearegracepoint.com. You go hashtag we are grace point and look it up. You see all of the posts on social media about our church. We are Grace point. But I think sometimes that you It's easy to think that we is the people who are up here on stage and you guys are just here to enjoy the show. But when I say we are Grace Point, when we use that language, we are Grace Point, it's all of us. We are Grace Point. You are Grace Point. We've been called here for a particular purpose and for a particular time. And, and, and as today we're, we're kind of unrolling this, this, this change to our mission statement of, of meeting people where they are, inspiring them to follow Jesus. And over the next two weeks, you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to go down and drill down a little bit harder and come out of it with one simple thing that you and I can do that's going to make a complete difference. The thing I want to leave you with today is this. What I want to ask from you is this. And I hope whether you're here today or you're watching us online that you're going to just humor me And give it a couple of minutes of your time sometime during this week. But I want you to do is this. I want you to think about who is it in your life that needs your inspiration to decide to follow Jesus? Who is it in your life that needs for you to inspire them to make that decision to follow Jesus? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to call them up, send them a text message. You don't have to send them the link to this week's message so that they can hear the sermon. No, that's not what I'm asking. What I want to do, and we're building up to this, is what I want to do is I just want us to start thinking about that. That as God has given us this incredible opportunity, and that as we want to steward that opportunity and make the best of it, that it has to start with the people who are in our lives family members, friends, loved ones that are looking to us for the inspiration so that maybe they can make the decision that we made to follow Jesus. My prayer for all of you, for all of us is that God would just put those faces and those names smack dab in front of us so that this whole week as you're going out this week that you're just going to like dang it, why did he say that? And now you're going to be annoyed at me all week because that name and that face keeps popping up in your head. And I'm okay with that. Be annoyed at me. But remember those faces and remember those names. And next week we're going to come back and we're going to take it to the next step from understanding what our mission is to now what is it that we're going to do. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.